My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Ron and Anian. Cars were a lot simpler 50 years ago. I don't know where they're going to be 50 years from now. I can only imagine. My point is, everybody, me the guy fixing it, you the guy driving it, everybody has to learn to think of cars differently. The car doctor. So we've got no signal out of the rear ABS. I guess that would be right. Yeah. And now, whenever I put the brake on, it makes that, I suppose it's that ABS pump kicking in or something. You know how right. it sounds. Right. The, the, the pedal vibrates. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. Son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod. Lincoln. But I am here to take your call at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Man, if the old man's worried about the kid driving the car, you ought to think about the guy trying to fix the car. Hello and welcome, Ronnie. Any of the car doctor, it's time to start your engines and get going because uh, we got a lot of cars to fix this hour. That's what we're here for, to solve your car problem at 855-560-9900. Taking your calls, answering your questions. More information about us at cardoctorshow.com. There's a Car Doctor Facebook page. If I can ever get the Facebook page to load, I don't know. There's something going on with the Facebook. Facebook in general has been goofy the last couple of three, four days, and Look, I survived three whole days without going on Facebook. How could that happen? I, Please. So don't get me started. Where are we going here, Mikey? One, let's go over to talk to Andrew, Bakersfield, California, 92 Honda Civic. Andrew, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, sir. How you doing, Ron? Good, sir. What's going on? Okay, so I'm having an issue with my reverse lights on my 92 Honda Civic. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to pass a brake and taillight inspection. Uh, my issue is... Uh, when the car is in reverse, if there's no headlights or no running lights on, they work properly. But the second that you flip them onto the the running lights or the headlights, uh, they turn off. And the middle lights in the, in the actual tailgate, the brake lights, they glow bright. Okay. So what you're telling me is if you've got parking lights on and you go to put it in reverse backup lights the backup lights will go out and the brake lights go brighter than normal? That's am I, correct. Am I hearing this correctly? Yes. Okay. So what have you done to try and diagnose it up to this point? Um, I mean, I, I've, I've tried to change the bulbs out with different bulbs. Uh, I've tried unplugging one side and switching uh, the, what, the, the harness from one side to the other to see if it was uh, a harness issue, but no, nothing seemed to change. Okay. So does this happen every time? I mean, this is consistent. The car's broken right now as we speak? Yes, that's correct. Good. Like I said, it, it works fine if the, the, the daylights are not on. Uh, the reverse lights work as, as they're supposed to when the car's in gear. The brake lights work as they're supposed to when uh, the car's in gear. Okay. Uh, just, as soon as you flip that switch, it, it, everything goes haywire. Are you, are you familiar with the term voltage drop, Andrew? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Um, explain voltage drop to me. You didn't think I was going to make you do that, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. Go ahead. Tell, do, you, do you know? And it's okay if you don't want to explain it. I'll explain it to you and for everybody else. But tell me, tell me what you think voltage drop is. Uh, so when I put the switch on and the voltage is supposed to go uh, to the circuit properly, it drops out. Right. It's it's basically it it takes the path of least resistance. Right. I always think here in New Jersey we have a place on the Garden State Parkway. We have the Woodbridge. 
uh, bridge that goes over the Perth Amboy River, the Raritan River, and there's there's a bridge on the Garden State Parkway, and there's another bridge next to it on Routes One and Nine, if I I believe that's what it is. And I always think of voltage drop as those two bridges, okay? When the traffic's too heavy going over the Woodbridge Bridge, everybody goes over at 1 and 9. That's the drop. Everybody try and takes the easier path to get down to the shore. Voltage drop is the same way. If it, can't, if it can't make it through the ground for the backup lights or if the ground for the backup lights is so overloaded, it's going to backfeed and go, go up. It's going to go up the other bridge. It's just trying to get to the shore, follow the electrons, follow the bouncing ball. So, okay. you know, is this a stick or an automatic? It's a stick. It's a stick. Okay, good choice. Um, so there's there's something to keep in mind in here. There's there's two grounds that I recall, G771 and G553. There's also a third ground leg that you have to trace out because if I remember right, they don't show it too easily in a in a in a in a wiring diagram. I've been down this road. But what I was going to okay. suggest was, why can't we take an auxiliary ground right off the negative post of the battery? Tap okay. tap into the ground leg of the backup lights. Listen, take the bulb out of the car. Let's pretend it's the bulb. Andrew, prove okay. to me it's not the bulb, right? What do you need? You need hot, you need ground, right? You take that bulb, yes, if you brought it up to the battery and put it across the battery, the bulb's going to light bright. Bright light, same thing. Okay? So now we're trying to see when we add something else to the circuit, do we still have a good ground? Do we still have the capacity for the electrons to flow? Or is everybody trying to jump the bridge and take the least path of least resistance to get down the shore here in New Jersey? I'm sure you got it in California, too. So, you know, it's let's go look at the grounds. Let's let's go look at the grounds. Let's come up with an auxiliary ground. If we add an auxiliary ground and the problem goes away, well, ground is ground. We know that then that if we did a voltage drop test at those grounds, once we find them, all right, I'm not going to profess to remember where they are. They're somewhere back in that in that rear tailgate area, if I remember right, but exactly where I can't say. Um, uh, if 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 we go and trace out those grounds. And we find that they're dirty, rusted, corroded. Tighten them up, clean them up, do what we got to do, and you know maybe it's as simple as that. Okay. All right. Um, but you know what you're experiencing is the reason you're seeing a change when you apply the brakes or the parking lights is because you're seeing a voltage drop. It's taking the path of least resistance because there's too much resistance in the circuit that it's in. Supply an auxiliary ground, which in the case after the backup lights, there should be a green-black coming in. That's the hot and a black, which is the ground. If you, if you supply an auxiliary ground to that black, the lights will probably work fine, and then at least you know where you're going. If they don't, then the fault has to be on the feed side, and we're going to have to talk about if we supply auxiliary power to that green-black, all right, we can do this both ways. Supply a fused power feed to that green black, which is the hot leg, and then the circuit has to work. I mean, just for giggles, you could kind of build your own circuit. Supply an auxiliary ground, supply an auxiliary hot. Turn your parking lights on. Everything works as normal? Good. It's either a hot or a ground. Now take off one wire. Which one makes it work? Which one doesn't? Okay. Right? Makes sense? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, definitely give it a shot. Give that a shot and call me back next week. Let me know what happens. Well, do. Thank you, sir. I appreciate right, your help. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, it's just let's – let's. back in the old days when I was teaching, well, I guess, I guess I'm still teaching. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, take it out of the vehicle. How would you separate it from the vehicle? How would you make it so that it's a completely separate standalone, it's got nothing to do with the car? Is this component good, bad, or is it a potential problem? And that's from a bulb to a starter to whatever we're trying to fix. That's – 
you know what? Sometimes it's just process of elimination. How would you test it? Brian in Pennsylvania, 17 Ford Fusion. How can I help you, sir? Hey, Ron. Good to talk to you. Yes, sir. What's going on? I have a question. There's no specific problem with my car right now, but it's more of a general question. Um, some cars, I know, they recommend a f- um, the manual says to use a fuel injector cleaner. Mine does not specifically say so, but I decided to try one. It was uh, one of the Lucas Oil products. Okay. Um, do you recommend this? Do you think there's actually a benefit from using you know one of these in the gas tank? You know, at it every so often. Do you think there's a benefit to it? I see benefits from it. Um, I, you know, what you have to remember is carbon's, carbon's sort of like, uh, carbon's like your relatives at the holidays. It can, it can be annoying and they never sleep sometimes. <laughs> all right. You know, and they just, they just never want to stop and they're just going all the time. And you're you know going to find, you're going to find as it gets older, it's going to become a more prevalent problem. The issue with carbon, people will say, well, the car is new. I don't need to use a, a carbon cleaner or any type of fuel system cleaner because the car is new. Well, that's not really correct. It's kind of like smoking cigarettes. You know, you get to smoke cigarettes for 30 or 40 years, and then, God forbid, something bad happens to you. Guess what? It took a while to build up. So, you know, you want to try and not smoke cigarettes, or you want to try and, you know, do your preventative maintenance to take care of yourself while you're young. The same thing goes for the car. As, as far as fuel system cleaners, no lie, no doubt about it. I still love my Berryman. I think I think when you're buying a fuel system cleaner, and I've said this a hundred times in the past, and I'll probably continue to say it for the next hundred times going forward, you know, you're buying the engineering that's behind the company. All right, you're buying what's put in it. Uh, right now, for my money, Berryman's got the best thing on the market because their Hest, their high energy solvent technology, really does work. We've had a, a lot of positive reports for it, and you know, it's it's you're buying the engineering more so than the product. Uh, can I tell you blindly to just dump a fuel system cleaner in your car and just hope for the best? No. I would expect you to see some sort of result, either in the way the car runs or fuel economy or power or idle quality or just general overall feel. But I'm also going to tell you, you know, your 17 Ford has how many how many miles on it now? 38,000. 38,000. So you're you're kind of like right at that cusp of you've been married for five or six years and you're just starting to say, why did I do this to myself? And, you, you know, you're <laughs> just, your you're just, yeah, you're just, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, I guess I'm in it for the long haul. I better, you know, I better get to the gym. I better stay, quit staying out late with the boys and I better start, uh, I better start taking care of, better care of myself and, you know, voila, here we go. Um, so while Berryman may not solve your marital woes, if you have any, and I don't wish that upon you, brother, um, the point becomes that it's just maintenance. It's just like anything else. You've got to water the lawn, keep the grass green, and you just got to keep moving it forward. Because if you wait until, you know, if you wait until it's I want a divorce time, either way, whether it's a car that's broken or an ex-wife, either one's going to cost you a whole lot of money. Makes well, I've sense? Been using, uh, I found two products. One was Lucas Oil. The other one I used was something called Royal Purple. Okay. And um, I figured it couldn't hurt. But somebody else talked about a little bit different. They talked about using top-tier gas, which I know nothing about. But well, top-tier, figured... top-tier gasoline is top-tier gasoline has been around probably 
every bit of 12, 15 years, if not longer. Top-tier gasoline is a mandate the federal government came out with. It's, they said to the gasoline companies, look, you know, it's, it's, there, there's, there's, there's cheap places to get cheeseburgers, and then there's high-end places to get cheeseburgers. The high-end place is less likely to give you gas, no pun intended, whereas the, 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 the low-level places, well, you figure it out, right? Um, you right. Top-tier gas is designed with specific formulation to help fight carbon deposits on its own. Now, the idea is, though, that top-tier gas alone still can't do it. We still need to use carbon cleaners. We still need to use some sort of maintenance. And on an annual basis, 30, 60, 90,000 miles, you know, part of the old rotor rooter. listen, you, you, you work out at the gym, you try to eat right, you try to exercise, you try to take care of yourself, but you still go in at 60, you know, for either, well, you go in at 60 for one end or the other, either the finger or the, you know, whatever, and you still get looked at, poked, prodded, and and, and, and so on. And um, you're still trying to do your due diligence, and sometimes maintenance comes in higher forms than just a bottle you pour in the tank is what I'm trying to say. So, right. you know, it's, it's good to stay on top of it. And it's it's something you've got to find, and you can you know you can play with it. You can try using different products to see what works and what doesn't. Um, but I've got my opinion is I think you're going to find if you try some Berryman, you can get it at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts or get out to O'ReillyAuto.com. You can grab it there. I think you'll find that um, you'll see some results in the positive, and that's been my experience, and that's what I've heard a lot of people say. I appreciate the call, Brian. Good luck to you out there in PA. I'm Ron Annie, the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Keep Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Hey, let's, uh, yeah, you know, we're in studio today with Lucy the Wonder Dog. Lucy, come here, Lou. Lou? Oh, that was Alexa. No, we don't want to talk to her. We want to talk to Lucy the Wonder Dog. Lucy's sleeping at my feet. She's like, uh, yeah. Lucy went to the vet yesterday. We uh, put her in the car and off we went. And Poor thing. She was a nervous wreck. She came home, plopped down. She's like, oh, it's good to be home. So we've got her here at the studio today. Let's go over and talk. To, I guess we'll go talk to Jason in Colorado, 01 Chevy Suburban. Don't mind me, Jason. I'm getting delirious. It's towards the end of the hour, almost sort of, kind of. What can I help you with today, sir? How can I help? Yeah, I, I had a question about preventative maintenance on that truck. Sure. Um, I listened to one of your previous episodes, and you were talking about how when those radiators start to break down, they'll dump junk through the trans cooler lines into the tranny, and then you lose your transmission. Right. So I think next year we're going to have the radiator and the water pump replaced. Yep. Um, it's all original. This truck's got like 160,000 miles on it. And um, my question was, when we do the radiator and the water pump, is there anything else I should do? This because is... we'll have... you know, like the front of the motor taken apart, yeah, I guess, this, essentially. This is the 5.3 LS motor? I think it's a 6.0. It's a 6.0, okay, but but it's an LS. Oh, this is a 2500. Right, 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 yes, right, right. Yes, yeah, it's okay. a 2500. So, you know, and, and a lot of the answer to this is it depends on what maintenance has been done to it up to this point. Have you owned it since now? Uh, no, we bought it in 2007, and I think it had 80,000 miles on it. Okay. And as far as I know, everything, uh, the previous owner kept up with everything as far as I know. All right, and you've been, you've been good on oil changes? Yeah. Okay. So if I was doing a radiator on this generation Suburban, this is a round-nose Suburban, correct? As we, yeah. as we like to call it. Um, so it's going to become it's going to become a radiator. This is this vehicle is now 17, going on 18 years old. 
I agree with a water pump. So it would be a radiator, water pump, upper and lower hoses, assuming they're original. I would spend my time now and do the heater hoses because the heater hoses, uh, does it have rear AC and heat? Um, I don't know. I like when you turn on the AC, it kicks on all over the truck. I don't know if that has a separate unit for the back or not, though. Well, it'll have a separate evaporator, but if it's got a knob, if you look, if you look up from the driver's seat between the driver and the passenger seat up on the roof, is there a separate, uh, three separate knobs for heat blow position? Yeah. So you have rear, yeah. AC, you have rear AC and heat. So what that means is if you look under the hood and follow the rubber heater hoses out from the firewall, you're going to see a T, a plastic T where it branches off and feeds the rear heater core. So you want to replace those heater hoses, the plastic T's, because all this stuff is old now. It's, all, it's, it's old and brittle, and it's been, you know, whether it's in New Jersey or Colorado or Florida or Texas, it's been exposed to the elements for so long. And part of the issue will be that you're going to find that trying to replace just the heater hoses and the nipples that go into the hose is a little bit of a chore. You're better off trying to replace it at your leisure than on the side of the road somewhere at 2 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, definitely. You, you know, so it's heater hoses. If you look under the throttle body, there's a little, oh, it's probably a quarter-inch ID short hose about five inches long with two push style clamps squeeze clamps they provide coolant that provides coolant coming out of the one corner of the head uh, to the other corner of the head change that rubber hose and that hose is tough to find you're gonna have to okay you're gonna have to hit the dealer to find that it took me forever to have my guy find it but I did find it eventually uh, you want to look at obviously I'm trying to get you to do all the cooling system hoses if the coolant bottle and I doubt it looks perfect. If, if, if the coolant bottle's still available, change the coolant bottle, the plastic bottle on the right side fender well, because yeah. you know, you're going to spend all this money on parts. You might as well put a bottle in it because that's, that's going to be the source of any contamination 17, 18 years later down the line. So get that done. And then, you know, I agree with a water pump, a thermostat. Obviously, look at belts. Obviously, look at tensioner. If any of that stuff's original, 160,000 miles, yeah, why not? Now, in the old days... Yeah, I'm pretty sure the tensioners yeah, are right. So you want to yeah. look at all that. In the old days, and take a look at the AC compressor clutch. Just make sure it's not too beat up looking. The compressors on those cars sit down low, and they tend to get oil drain back issues and lockup issues as well. In the old days, we would talk about doing timing chains, but the LS motors have a pretty good chain setup, and I don't know that it's necessary. You can judge what the inside of the motor looks like. Maybe look around inside the oil fill cap, pull the dipstick out, and judge it from there. But other than that, I'd probably leave the motor alone, do those cooling system things, and maybe, just maybe, an AC condenser, and if it's equipped, any oil coolers out in front of the engine, out in front of the condenser as well. I'm Ron Anani in the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Let's get on down and talk to Mike and Marilyn. Mike, you're on with Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. How can I help? Hello? Michael. Yes, sir. Yes. How are you doing? Good. Uh, listen, i got a question here about uh, two things. I bought a 2018 uh, used Hyundai with 9,000 miles on it, okay. and I've been told to put that additive in, and I have. Uh, I had a Chrysler before that that I never did put anything in. Which 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 and, additive? Were you, uh, which additive were you told to put in, Michael? At Hyundai, their special formulated brand they call it. 
for uh, added up for what in, in in the gas tank in the oil in the radiator. In the gas. Okay, in the gas tank. We're talking about gas, fuel system cleaning. In the, okay. in the gas tank. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, right. anyway, uh, I was riding down the road, and this thing has a, a drive mode setting on it where you have sport, eco, normal. I had her in eco mode, and I went to push down on the gas. Nothing was happening. Pushed a little harder, a little harder, harder, and finally she took off. I guess she dropped into a lower gear. Okay. And... Uh, I looked at the back, and I saw a plume of white smoke, which scared the daylights out of me. Uh, I didn't get any, anything up on the dash, any lights. Took her there and to the dealership, and they told me that uh, there's nothing wrong. That, that could have been some carbon buildup. Uh, is that the case? Do you think that would be the case? Yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, we're talking about a, t- a, a one- or two-year-old car that uh, low mileage. Yeah. I forget. How many miles did you say were on this car? Well, when I got it, it had 9,100, but when right. this happened, it was about 17,000 miles okay. on it. So maybe you have to drive and a little. Maybe you got to push down on the pedal a little harder, Michael. We're going to have to get you to. I probably do because uh, it gives an average driving speed up here, and my average driving speed is 23 miles an hour. Right. In New Jersey, highway, highway in, in New Jersey, no, Michael, you would be getting run over. Yeah. All right, you can't do twenty-three. I, they do twenty-three I, miles an hour in their driveways in New Jersey. So you, you on the highway, forget it. You would just you'd have a problem. Um, but in all seriousness, so carbon. That's a little harder. Well, carbon cleaning is not a bad thing to do, but it's also, you know, there are byproducts. There are things that build up in the exhaust system. I still believe. And people will give me the argument that taking a car out for a good long ride is still probably one of the better things to do with it. Uh, you know, the car that we see, we see it all the time. We had a 2009 F-150. We have a father-son at the shop, Randy and Mike. Randy's the son. Uh, they purchased two identical 2009 F-150s back in 2009, brand new. One's got serial number that ends in 482. The other one's got serial number that ends in 483. They're identical trucks right after each other on the assembly line, okay? Michael drives his truck everywhere, the father. Michael's, the father's truck has got probably 110,000 miles on it. We've put more money in Randy's, all right, because Randy's only got 49. He just turned 50,000 miles on the truck. We've put more money in Randy's probably one and a half times because it just never goes anywhere. And, you know, sitting, lack of use, lack of mileage, all that stuff causes buildup. All that stuff causes issues. So if perhaps your question is, how can you get the longest life out of your Hyundai? Is that really what you're asking me? Yeah, and that kind of scared me, too, because I I never noticed that in my Chrysler. And I had that plume come out of the Hyundai. And uh, sometimes I'll let her idle for five or ten minutes, you know, in a parking lot somewhere. Mm -hmm. Some, and I didn't know if that hurt it or not. No, I don't think so. I think I still think it comes back to it's where I started the show today this week that it still comes back to quality of the oil being used, a good oil change on a regular basis, regular fluids and maintenance. I think for the person yep. like you that's doing low speed driving and not a lot of driving beyond doing a fuel system additive in the tank on a regular basis. I think you're going to find that if your local mechanic or dealership, if they do any sort of fuel system cleaning at mileage intervals, and 30,000 yeah. would be a typical place to start for you, I'd probably I'd probably start doing you at 20 or 25, just because you just okay. don't you just don't go far. Uh, you know, my next question would be, you know, the nearest place you go, are you three minutes this way, five minutes that way, ten minutes this way, and then home? 
And yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, in the summer, warm up's not going to be a problem. It gets kind of cold in Maryland in the winter, right? January in Maryland, it's not exactly yeah. it's not exactly oh, beach oh, wear yeah. weather. Sometimes yeah. it blows zero. Yeah. So, you know, you're three minutes that way, five minutes this way, ten minutes that way, and then home. The engine probably never warms up. Therefore, the oil never comes up to temperature. The oil never boils off any of the impurities. The oil starts to break down, and the oil actually causes some lubrication problems and helps create carbon issues, which leads us back to doing regular maintenance. is still the best thing you can do for that car. You know, I appreciate as, that. As, you as, it up. As, as good as cars are, and good Lord, they've gotten better. All right. I never thought in my 43 years of fixing cars, maybe 44 years of fixing cars now, I'm I'm getting old, so you forget how long you've been doing it. Um, I never thought I'd see some of the things I'm seeing in terms of how well cars run and what kind of abuse they can take. But it's still an internal combustion engine. It still requires basics. It still requires some common sense. And, you know, we, we, we can't get away from that. And that's kind of the crux of all this. All right. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Michael. You take good care. Um, I'll tell you how long it's been. I got to tell you this funny story, Mikey. So I got this 66 Cadillac in the shop. There's a carburetor on it. I remember what a carburetor was. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, look, mixing pot. Mm. Trying to explain to Danny, my 10-year, been with me 10 years, my tech, you know, oh, don't, you know, carburetor. Well, this does this. And Danny knows carburetors. Danny's not, you know, but like we're laughing about all the things you forget over the years. So it's been so long, I took out my timing light to check the timing on the car. It's got a running issue. My timing light doesn't work. <laughs> so now, so now, and it ha- you know, it's funny how snap-on tools break, right? They always break the day the guy is coming because they know, all right? So I'm going, well, let's see. I think it was $129.95 for this timing light back in, and it's date coded. So the timing lights, I've had the timing lights since 1989. Let's, let's think about that for a minute, okay? 89, 99, 2009. Timing light's 30 years old. How can it be broken, I'm telling them? It's only 30 years old. It's snap-on. Quality, quality comes at a price. It didn't work. So hopefully next week I get my new timing light, or this one rebuilt for 175 bucks. because we priced out the replacement timing light. A new timing light, and all you guys think, yeah, old cars are so easy to work on, right? A new timing light is $486. And I went, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, you know, I just, no, nah, I don't think so, because it's got a built-in dwell meter and tack and, you know, toilet flush and stereo balance and a woofer and a tweeter, and it does everything you want. No, no, just fix the old light. And But, you know, it's... The Life and Times of an Auto Mechanic. I'm going to write a book. So, Why You Can't Get Your Car Fixed by Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. That'll be retirement. 855-560-9900, because there's all kinds of reasons. And I'll be back right after this. Hang on. Help on Welcome back. Ron Anini and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. Give us a call. Leave a message if we're not on the air. We're live Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. on the network. We're East Coast Boys. You can uh, leave a message, and executive producer and chief cook and bottle washer, Thomas Ray, will give you a call back and uh, put you in the live queue for the next live broadcast. Sam in Illinois. How can I help you today, sir? Two for a nickel. What's going on? Thanks uh, for taking my call. Appreciate your show. It's You're great. Welcome. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, what, uh, what I'm calling, i got a two-part question of two different cars. Okay. They're both Toyotas. Right. The first one is a 2011 Avalon, and... I want to change the, the transmission fluid. Good idea. And the way I was thinking about doing it is this. So 
I'd leave it sitting there throughout the night, let, let it cool down, and in the morning, I would drain the oil, I mean, drain the fluid, and I know there's a six millimeter, um, another nut within the drain plug of that unit. So I would take that out as well and, and drain, drain that fluid. And then I would measure that fluid um, all the way, exactly what it is. And then I would put in exactly what I, what I measured back into the, the new fluid. Here's the, here's the fault in that plan. Okay. okay. What if the trans is low? Okay. Well, and I'm it's not saying, never been changed. Right. Well, but trans fluid does evaporate. Trans fluid is a oh, very okay. trans fluid can evaporate. It can lose. I'm not saying it's going to lose great abundance, but and then right. We can't we can't make the assumption that it was filled right from the factory. I, I could tell you stories I that would see. that you know. But I like the way you're thinking. I see. I, I, I really like the okay. way you're thinking. You're probably going to find that it takes somewhere between three and four quarts, if it's the trans I'm okay. thinking of, and it's WS fluid, but I got a suspicion you already know yes. that. Yes, All right. yes, right, um, correct. And then, you know, why not Why not drain it out, do what you're, say, do what you're saying, drain it out, okay. measure it, okay? You'll probably find out it's like three, three and a half quarts, something like that. All right. And okay. then take the – there should be a sight plug on the driver's side of the case. All right. Have you looked at the procedure for this? I've been reading about it, yeah. There when you say sight, you mean a, a fill, fill plug. Well, yeah. The Well, is it a fill plug it's or right is it – Yeah, it's on the, on, the, on, the, on the driver's side wheel. You take that off and it's right there, right? Right, right correct. Right. And you take that out. And you're going to take out the. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, that's the fill, and then the, the piece at the bottom is the is is the is the spillover. Um, it's 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 the it's the dam as we like it. It's the Ford style. You know, it splashes over the top like a birdbath kind of a uh, um, uh, fill. So you'll you'll see it come out as a trickle, and when it comes out as a trickle, there you're full. Why not just do it that way? Did you get? Um, you, I lost you. I lost you. Yes, when you you talk, you talking about the fill plug? Right. Well, right there? there's right. There's got to be. There's a drain plug, and then there's a little tiny Allen yeah. in the center of it, right? Yes. Okay. Six millimeter. Yes. Right. If you take that little tiny six millimeter out of the center of the drain plug, I believe yes. I believe that's the that's where we they want us to measure drops from, right? Isn't that this trans? Or am I thinking of something else? Yes. Yes, right. it is. No, no, that's the strength. Okay, so that's the, you know, we okay. want, they want three drops per 10 seconds or some ridiculous, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's, 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 you know, I don't know who invents right. these things, but, uh, you know, I was talking with somebody this morning in Hawaii, and he says, why do engineers put these things here and there? And I said, you know what, I gave up trying to figure <laughs> out engineers about 25 years ago. I just... I, I, it doesn't make any sense right. to me, and then just fill it in through the through the fill plug on the side of the case. You know, bring it up to moderate right. temperature. All right, I wouldn't. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not too nuts about you know what exact temperature. I'll uh, hook up a scan cool. tool. Yeah, I'll look at I'll look at temp on a on a scan tool and look at transfluid temperature. But you know, it's it's sometimes a smidge more is always better. Um, has been my I experience. See. Okay. So. But uh, you know, it's, okay. it's, if it's if it's if it's four All drops right. per second versus three, I'm not going to have an aneurysm over it. So um, okay. I don't think it, I don't it, think that needs question. to be that exact. Second question. It was it's on a '96 Toyota Previa. Wow. And it it's got 110,000 on it. Wow. This is this is my baby. So right. 
this is the one I'm married to forever. Okay. Um, the problem I have is my my rear end. It uh, it has a uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, a leak? I can't remember now. No, it's that the the, the pinion bearing. Okay. The pinion bearing. It, it uh, during deceleration it starts to hum. Right. It's got a whine so to that's it. What's what's? Yeah, it's got a whine to it. It's only on deceleration. Right. But my my question is, I know that there's other cars. Or, I mean, I don't know, but I'm asking if there's other cars that the rear end is adaptable to that vehicle. Any. Mm. Any other cars? Nothing off the top of my head, because getting parts for that might be uh, tough. It's hard. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. That's why I know. I mean, in Lotus, they use you know for brakes, they use two out of brakes and stuff like that. But right. I, I was just wondering if you came across you know you, you any, haven't you have rear differential. Have you tried getting new components, new parts out of Toyota? I do. I, I buy components, but what's happening is every time I see something, I snag it because I know they're going to be discontinued. Right. So, and the, the only thing I've been able to find is uh, uh, um, these uh, spider gears. And um, there is a, there is a uh, pinion bearing kit, about 850 bucks. Right. Well, money's no object. That. You said you want to stay married to this forever. Right. So, well, yeah, I, I, um, I got yeah. no choice. So, you know, you know, you know what, you know what, Sam, sit tight. Let me pull over. Let me let me get this. Let me get this last break out of the way. When I come back, I got some ideas for you. I don't want to rush you and just push you off the air. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. We're coming back. Don't go away. Hey, Ron and Andy, the car doctor, on the phone with Sam from Illinois. Sam, you're still there. Sam. Yes, I'm still here. We're, we're talking about Sam's rear and his Previa, and um, uh, about parts for the rear differential and pinion bearings and such. Sam, have you, you know, and I'll say it like this: Are you are you trying to find parts that you're going to do this yourself, or you're trying to find parts to have somebody no, else no, do it? No, no. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm not doing it. Do you have a Do you have a good trans rebuilder in town? A good trans shop. Um, that. There's a couple of them, which I have no idea. I mean, I'd have to check on it and see. Okay. But I thought, you know, I'd do my homework, get everything ready, and at least I got everything, and then, you know, whatever they parts they would need, I would have. Right. Well, the, the issue becomes that if you, you know, trans shops, I, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to transmission shops, right? They they see a customer how often? Once every five years or once every 10 years, and they got to build a relationship real quick, and they've got to be smart. Right. And they've got to they've deal with some complexities of vehicles today that, you know, an independent mechanic sees that car on a regular basis. He gets to know the car. Trans guys are really right. smart, the good ones. And I would I would pick I one of the, okay. I would pick one of the ones in town, go up talk to them, say hey here's okay. here's what I'm looking to do, you know do you have a source before yeah. you go and find your own parts, you know he may be oh. a, you know sometimes some chefs don't want uh, don't want somebody bringing them the bacon and eggs sometimes they want to use their own bacon and eggs because they know they've got a better source for it than you might have, and they feel better about warranting a repair that's done with their parts versus yours, so pick a good trans shop. Go talk to them. Hey, listen, um, you know, here's the deal. I've got this. I've got this Previa. It needs a rear end rebuilt. Is that something you can do? Can you give me an idea on cost? Can you give me an idea on what the warranty is? 
And if you can't find parts, can you find parts? Do you mind if I bring you parts, if we can have a conversation about quality of parts, and I'll do my best to get to something, either original equipment or close to it. Try that before you spend a lot of time doing it the other way. Let's see where you go. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. 